pro football jokes. Make it uncomfortable. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. It is 32. It is Jump himself here with you guys. Sorry, I've been absent from the pod from so long. I haven't written any new articles, but man, it is good to be back. I'll probably write something or not. Who knows? Uh, continue to pick the lines and the pick them, all that good stuff. But of course, it is a two-man pod. It is Jemp and the freaking beast himself, Alex here. Alex, how's it going, man? That's going pretty well. I mean, not so great for our teams, but uh, other than that, you know, football keeps chugging along. Um, uh, not a great fantasy week for me, but, uh, you know, uh, still good stuff. Well, the, the nice thing about our teams, the Lions are trying to set records. Uh, honestly, they didn't yeah. like that we got tied at 0-16, so we'll, yeah. we'll make sure to set set the pace. Or, on the flip side, because of the long season, we actually still have a chance to have a positive record at the end of the year. That, that is true. It is possible. It is not too late for us to have a winning record at the end of the season. So right now, wherever you are, if you're in one of the states that has betting apps, I encourage you to get it out. Look at the odds for the Lions make the playoffs. Lions have a winning record at the end of the year. And then do not bet that money. <laughs> Save yourself whatever amount. It looks good. You're not going to win it. It's not going to happen. But – uh, if you can find any odds for us to bite kneecaps, that's where you want to put it on because the uh, frustration is mounting. I think we're going to become a, a pretty physical team, hopefully in the realm of football, not like those Bengals that give, you know, those helmet to helmet hits. That's really tough. We don't want to be those kind of people. But. Yeah, well, Lions used up all their effort trying to get a win those first, you know, six weeks or so, and they were they were darn close a couple times. And uh now they're now they're out of energy and they're like, all right, we'll just uh, stop. So, so when the Lions lost to the Ravens, the field goal that Tucker made, while insane in the moment, seems more and more insane every time I see people line up for like a forty-five yard field goal. I'm like, add twenty-one more yards to this. Let them have an offsides or like a false start and a hands of the face penalty, and then still kick the field goal and make it. Like it's like this is ridiculous that we've lost on that. Anyways, and, I'm and have a delay of game penalty, but don't actually call them. Don't actually throw the flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was going to make that from 71. It was going to happen. <laughs> he was going to find true. a way. And you know what? I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> if you kick a 70-yard field goal, you deserve seven points. Change my mind. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> That'd be sick. I'd love to see people try it. Matt Prater would want to try it. I'll tell you that much. I mean, I know he missed earlier in the day on his, like, 65-yard or whatever it was. Or, no, he tried, he was, tried, he, he tried like, a 68. 68. Yeah. He tried a 68. That was awesome. That dude would kick from 70 and have no fear. And I love that. <laughs> You want the opportunity. We'll get sea bass. Sea bass, you out there, you listening? Come back out. It's your time to shine. Let's just friggin' pop the ball trying to carry it 70 yards. Hey, he tried a couple of 70 yarders in his career, I believe. Bring him back. That makes the kicking game so much more exciting. It really does. And um, someone can create a formation where you can still try to block for a field goal, but freaking tackle the idiot that's running the ball back. Like, the, yeah. why we still allow <laughs> field goals to be returned for touchdowns is beyond me. Yeah, I just like, yeah, can we get like a couple athletic guys out there on the, the edge? Just like, you really just, just, 
you're really just chipping. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy on the edge gets around you anyway. So it's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> it's like, just have your safety. Like, just if you know you're trying like a 60 plus yarder, just have like a couple safeties play. play well, on the edge I think block. what the real key is, is you train one of your safeties to be the holder as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's not too complicated as a skill. It's only on the super long field goals they need to do it, but they just got to be able to hold the ball <laughs> and then be ready to tackle some money. Yeah. They want to train them to kick the ball as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's just all kick the ball. Nadal can sue back there, kicking 70 yeah. yards. Let's go. Oh, gosh. He almost made an extra point. He, man, he was so excited. I think that's his favorite day of football ever, is when he got to kick that ball. Yeah. He tried so hard. It was so close. And, you know, for the record, it was a 19-yard extra point. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, let's talk about some other fun things that are happening in the Football League. Apparently, p- some people do good things, although we're about to talk about some less good news. We saw – excuse me. We saw uh, Jameis Winston, in a winning effort for his team, suffer a season-ending injury, got pulled down. An illegal play. That's fun to have your season ended on the opposing team cheating. But uh, uh, prayers for Jameis. Hopefully his knee's able to recover. He was doing some different Jameis-style things this season. Wasn't his crazy self, but was still being effective. What do you make now for the Saints with Jameis Winston being out? I don't know. I mean, mean, we don't really know at this point who's going to be their starting quarterback. I would guess it'd be Taysom Hill, but... Trevor Simeon obviously came into this game because, you know, Sean Payton's explanation is that, you know, Taysom Hill is too valuable as their, you know, (laughs) freaking gadget guy to be the backup. So Trevor Simeon's been the backup all season. Um, But once Taysom Hill's healthy, I I would guess that Hill would take the job, but I I have no idea. I I mean, there's also Ian Book that they have, so he's also an option. So I, I don't know what's going on. It's not like Jameis has exactly been lighting the world on fire. He's been fine. Um, but if, the Saints defense is really good. So, but that's if, only, if only they would have been the team to trade for Joe Flacco. Yeah, that's what they need. That's <laughs> Joe Flacco. what they needed. They missed their chance to get Joe Flacco. But uh, I'm sure they can uh, find, find – I, I, oh, this just in. This is breaking on Pro Football Jokes on the podcast live here. Uh, the Detroit Lions have offered Jared Goff to the Saints for the injured <laughs> Jameis Winston. They said we'd rather start him. Hey, not a bad move. I, I I'm for it. Let's 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 give it a shot. See what happens. About the same level of mobility. I'll tell you that much. Probably, um, and I don't think he could lose to the Eagles any worse than Jared Goff <laughs> just did. So now that's for sure. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, now it'll be interesting. The Saints are weirdly a good team. They, of course, dismantled the Packers, but it was like on a Aaron Rodgers, I don't care about football day. So it's like, what to make of, was it the Saints that made him not like football? Or is he trying to make a statement about his team that the season's one game too long? Let's throw away the first game. Who knows? Um, but it, it certainly is a fun time for Sean Payton, who's been doing a, a great job coaching a, uh, I would say a difficult team where, you know, you're kind of missing some of the stable points and, and Michael Thomas and, of course, no more Drew Brees and now with Jameis being out and still being able to shuffle all those things around and being uh, a pretty competitive 
it's a good team is a good job by him. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, beating beating Tom Brady. Uh, I, that I mean, this three straight games against against Brady and the Bucks. Uh, they destroyed him twice last year. Um, this one was obviously a little bit closer. But when when they kicked the field goal, you know, down one and gave Tom Brady the ball with two minutes left, you know, just just needing a field goal, I was like, all right, it's over. Tom Brady's going to go down and score, and they they got the stop. Yeah. It's it's very few teams have been able to say that. Of course, everybody I think throwing their money on Brady in that situation, but good job by the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do going forward. But uh, probably a more devastating injury for a team. One of the most unique players that we've ever seen, specifically in that position, uh, Derrick Henry going down with a foot injury, likely to take him out uh, for the rest of the season. Of course, it's it's difficult to see. I mean, you continually think, how is he going to wear down with all of his usage? And it turns out to be a, a foot injury uh, that gets him here. Uh, but what do you think the Titans do? Well, they signed Adrian Peterson, so that's all they need. I mean, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, uh, they'll, probably, they'll probably get better. Literally in his prime. Yeah, he's, just ready, <laughs> he's ready to freaking go. Downhill running back, same sort of thing. He's only – three inches shorter and, you know, a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, I love the fit for, for Adrian Peterson. I mean, who knows? He could be totally washed, but last year he looked pretty good for the, for the Lions. Um, yeah. I, I think he ran the ball pretty well and he's in a great system for him. This is a, you know, under center downhill running scheme. Um, that's what, Adrian Peterson likes to do. So I I do think he – I think he could surprise people and have a lot of success. I mean, he started off the year last year having basically a 100-yard game for the Lions. Like, he, he still yeah. has more in the tank than you'd realize for someone like him. It's it's still freaking Adrian Peterson, especially, like you said, in those uh, more classic running schemes. Uh, he does do very well. It's, it's quite impressive. But, of course, they wish he was, you know, eight, nine years younger <coughs> coming in Probably. to <coughs> back up Derrick Henry there. But – uh, so in their prime, Alex, would you rather attempt to tackle Derrick Henry or Adrian Peterson? Uh, both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> just, just grab me eat one leg each. I'd get him easy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, cause Adrian is not nearly as physically imposing in terms of just sheer size as Derrick Henry, but yeah. that's, uh, not another easy guy to, to bring down. I feel I feel like it'd be quicker yeah. to try to run Adrian Peterson and just you know. I mean, miss. you you, you got to choose Adrian Peterson. I mean, Adrian Peterson would probably try to juke you, and then you can just fake like you got juked out of your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I wouldn't be faking. Yeah, <laughs> you probably would actually get juke. But <laughs> Derek Henry would probably just like run right at you and be like, "Oh God, <laughs> Derek Henry, you juked me, Coach." Derek Henry would be that one older kid playing. Uh, you know, backyard football with you that just specifically runs over you and doesn't score the touchdown and waits for you and runs at you over again. Just does the, the, the devil time. But, uh, yeah, i give it a shot. Why not? I'd use the face mask horse collar and basically jump on his back and <laughs> carry it. Dude, I, don't th- I think if I would jump on him, he would still run a 4-5, Derrick Henry. <laughs> like, I don't think he would even notice. <laughs> so we wish you, Derrick Henry, a uh, speedy recovery. I hope your foot heals. Uh, great. I know you're someone that takes care uh, of yourself physically, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing you back on the field. But in the meantime, I think the Titans will continue to be a good team. However, 
their identity is so wrapped up in Derrick Henry's just sheer overwhelming power continually through the game that uh, it may force them to throw the ball a little bit, and we'll see what Tannehill's got there, but uh, uh, looking different. Uh, and speaking of looking different, a, a pillar of the Broncos franchise is no longer there. Von Miller got traded. Did you see this one coming, Alex? Uh, I did not expect that at all. I mean, the Broncos, I guess the Broncos felt that they had their best uh, pass rushing game of the season last week uh, without Von Miller. So they're like, oh, clearly this guy is a liability. So we got to trade him to the, the Rams. It's not that uh, the football team had four backup offensive line. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting trade um, for like two like day two picks, but uh, guess that's what the Broncos wanted. Yeah, I thought that was interesting how they announced it. It was you know two day two picks or anything like that, but the second or third and the Rams continuing to do Rams things, which is acquire talent at the expense of every draft pick they they own. They're gonna start borrowing draft yeah. picks from other teams <laughs> to start trading them to to other people. Yeah. But Von Miller still, I think, has stuff left in the tank, especially when, you know, he's now the fourth best defensive lineman on the team. I think he's set up to to do some pretty big things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's um, I mean, it's it's not bad for I guess the Broncos feel like he is you know on the back back hill of his career. I mean, still definitely played well. Uh, so I mean, he's an important piece for the Rams who are have Super Bowl aspirations, I would think. Uh, feels like they're making these types of moves every year, and you wonder if it's ever going to catch up to them. Uh, but I, I, uh, if I'm the Rams fan, I, I love it. I, I want to go for the Super Bowl. So, Yeah, I think this is a great year to, to do it, and Von Miller's definitely going to hurt, and he's, you know, I'm sure we'll be excited to be back into some more of those meaningful games uh, again where he can do his thing. Uh, another particular player with a ton of talent did not get traded, and that's Deshaun Watson. Still remaining kind of half not really with the Texans, as nobody knows what in the world is happening with him. The Dolphins and nobody else decided to pull the trigger on, on getting Deshaun Watson, so currently remains sort of a Texan. So what do you make of that, Alex? Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that any team would want to trade for him. Like, right, Why would you trade for him right now when in the middle of the season when – I don't know what's going on with the legal situation. Uh, it just seems weird that, like, at the very least, wait till the next offseason. I mean, if you're the Dolphins, you're you're not getting back. You're not getting to the playoffs. So what's the point? And uh, obviously, there are many other questions as well. But uh, yeah. there's there's not even any upside right now. So yeah. I, don't I think the only thing is, if you are a bad team, like if the Lions would have given up, you know a third round draft pick, like one of those weird little things where you're giving up not really much Yeah. At the hopes that he's innocent and the hopes that he comes back and plays, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't mind that, but if you're giving up like an actual Deshaun Watson price tag, yeah, just the hope, like then that. that's insane. That's never, that just cannot <laughs> happen. You'd be, you'd be destroying your team. And quite honestly, if there hasn't been any resolution yet, I'm not a lawyer. I don't have the details of the case. So I'm not going to pretend to know. But I would say these allegations are extremely serious, uh, and it's not something that's going to get resolved quickly. Even if he truly ends up being completely innocent, it's not something that's going to resolve super quickly and probably is a pretty major distraction, especially to your fan base if you bring him in uh, at this time. So it's kind of like 
unless you got them on the bargain bin sort of price, it just was not worth it. So I'm not surprised that it didn't move. Uh, and now we can stop talking about those fake trades for a while. Yeah, definitely a weird, weird week or two for Tua. <laughs> just like wondering if uh, Deshaun Watson's entering the building and replacing him. I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of Tua. It's not like I think like, oh, he's this great quarterback or anything. But like, imagine if Tua was part of like this rookie draft class this year. Like, I feel like he would not be any worse than any of the rookies here. Probably, <laughs> probably be like one of the best rookies. Um, he just unfortunately got lumped in a class with, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert where he was – you know, clearly the worst. Of yeah, the three. they're they're already making their teams noticeably better, and Tua yeah. isn't there yet. He's not done. The book's not closed on Tua. He's had a few tough games for sure, uh, and you don't see that immediate star power that you hope for with that kind of pick and his pedigree. But yeah, no, I I agree. You look at this class. I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll get to the real Jets quarterback in a second. <laughs> Um, but you see that you see trans Trey Lance. I mean, Mac Jones looked pretty good, yeah. Uh, but he's not he's not the Herbert. He's not the Joe Burrow lighting you up and and just doing these phenomenal MVP plays. But he's doing what he's being asked, generally speaking. Uh, and we'll see if Tua gets there. But yeah, no, I, I, the, the Dolphins were right to not be so desperate to just ruin everything uh, at this point. If if things change and he becomes able to play and all that kind of stuff, then you, then you're trading for something different because Deshaun Watson, of course, is special and can transform your team, but he's got stuff to, to fix first. Uh, speaking of someone that transformed a freaking team, uh, Mike White for the Jets going out there and doing things that people don't do in the Jets, throwing for 400 yards, winning football games against winning teams. Is this the real steal of the draft? Uh, I mean, maybe I would have drafted like five years ago, I guess. Like, a fifth round pick throwing for 400 yards and transforming the Jets. That's the steal, man. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Mike White, uh, you know, he's been in the league for a few years. He was back, back up a couple of years ago. He, he actually, he and Cooper Rush were both on the, the Cowboys at the same time, I believe. Mike White beat out Cooper Rush for the backup job a couple of years ago. And now they're both uh, winning games for teams. They both have won start. more games than Jared Goff has won this entire year. <laughs> Even though Jared Goff has won like the fourth most games of any quarterback over the last few years. Yeah. He's never won a game without John McVay though. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it will continue to be true, but don't worry. Let's pay the quarterback and not pay Sean McVay anymore. In <laughs> the quarterback that Sean McVay didn't even want. Yeah. Uh, but now, Mike White, seriously, I watched, you know, not the entirety of that game, but the plays that I did watch, he was making like really good plays. This wasn't like, oh, he got 200 yards on two plays where he just dumped a screen off and then someone else made the plays for him. Like he was ready to go from the get go of that game, was not scared of the moment, knew it was his chance. And just kept playing aggressive, even when you figure, like, at this point, you know, it's the fourth quarter, the Bengals are up, the Jets are going to be Jets, and, you know, everyone will say, oh, that was fun and frisky, but the Bengals win, they cover. Yeah. Nope, came firing right back. Yeah, no, I, that, I, I do love it when that happens, teams. And, you know, I mean, he's got to watch his back. Joe Flacco is obviously itching to, to get in there, so. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP, I, Joe Flacco. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Robert Sala was even saying, like, there, hey, hey, could Mike White be the franchise quarterback? He was like, uh, anything's possible. I mean, it, it, could, it could happen. I mean, if he does this for the rest of the year, yeah, I think we'll feel pretty good. <laughs> if he does, yeah, he does this every game for the rest of his career. If he starts averaging 400 yards, eh, we'll give him the one pick, but we'll take a few touchdowns on top of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign, sign me up for that one. <laughs> I think a football team to trade for him. They probably should. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man, Dwayne Haskins. Good jokes. Man, we get those. Uh, but Cooper Rush, a lot less impressive, if I'm being honest. He had yeah. way more incompletions. And, I mean, he made a couple nice throws. He did make some plays, but is not scaring me in terms of Dak Prescott. I think when Dak comes back, he's going to have a job. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean – I mean, Dak has never had the Cooper to Cooper connection. So, I mean, that that's is the true. Thing. That is true. How will announcers be able to, to say that? On the no, just say touchdown? Dak to Cooper for their third <laughs> touchdown today. <laughs> <laughs> that's boring. It is, it is boring. Uh, I'll give you that. You know what, Dak? We can't have you play. You don't have the right name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think he he played. I I think he was impressive for the fact that you know he's never started before and you know, had to start for the first time on Sunday night. But I mean, he has a really good team around him. Uh, got a got a little bit lucky with the the long touchdown, um, but play. I mean, played pretty well. Like not not a bad. Uh, this is what you want from your backup quarterback. I would say. Yeah, and, and the Cowboys, and they didn't have to play scared. Like, I mean, the running game helped him at the start, but they kind of fell off the running game. But he threw it, I think, 40 times or close to. Like, he really had a chance, quite honestly, to hurt the Cowboys. They gave him yeah. enough chances that he could have ruined the day like some, you know, backup quarterback that wasn't ready to play. And he didn't do that. And so you, you kind of wonder. You can't say the what? same for all the, the quarterbacks in the NFL. So. <laughs> True. And it's like, what were the Vikings doing? How did they not put this game away? They didn't have to score much. They only gave them 20 points. And, and really, it was two plays that killed the Vikings. It's like, how can you not make a couple plays on offense? But they, they didn't do it. And credit to the Cowboys. Good, solid team. They made the right call, giving Dak the rest and, and still getting the win. So, good job by them, backup quarterback. So, I wonder who the Lions backup is. Maybe that's our secret. Bring in the backups. <laughs> that's how you start winning football games. All right, sweet. We've already figured that out. Uh, a team, there are two teams that uh, don't necessarily have uh, quarterback controversies. That would be the Cardinals and the Packers get to face off in a battle of the top teams in the league. And now there are no longer any unbeaten teams. There's still a winless team, but there's not any unbeaten <laughs> teams in the league. The Cardinals lose. I unfortunately did not get to check out too much of this game myself. So, Alex, tell me what you saw. What did you see in the Cardinals' first loss in the season? Uh, well, I mean, I saw them struggle more on offense than I've seen them at all this season. Uh, they they really could not get much going at all. Um, you could see as soon as DeAndre Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was like in and out of this game. Uh, he had like a, a long pass, caught a long pass at the beginning um, and then was out for most of the game and then came back in like, he, and then he was like in and out in like the third and fourth quarter, um, but didn't didn't play much. Um, and you know, people talk about the Cardinals having a lot of weapons on offense. It's like if you take DeAndre Hopkins out, they don't really have any weapons because, like, DeAndre Hopkins is like you know a, a stud number one, 
And then they have a bunch of guys who are like, you know, probably below average number twos, but they, you know, they run like three deep with, you know, Rondell Moore, AJ Green, Christian Kirk. But so you're like, all right, well, my two is a little below average, but my three is probably a little above average. And then, you know, my four is, is way above you know, average four. And then, but DeAndre Hopkins are out. You're like, all right, my one is nowhere near close <laughs> to being a number one receiver. My two is below average. It, it just, it's a little bit of a snowball effect there. And I just, uh, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, they're not really a dangerous team when DeAndre Hopkins goes out. Uh, and, and if Kyler, Kyler didn't play all that well in this game either. Um, obviously, he's been great all season. So you can give him a pass one bad week. Um, but I do want to give the Packers a lot of credit because they have just a great game plan, I think. You know, Matt, Lef- or, uh, Matt LaFleur called it just a great game. Um, they were mm-hmm. talking about on the broadcast. On the, the one touchdown, the, the Packers kept running the same one uh, play. They were just, like, thrown out into the flat, both to the running backs and receivers out there where they just have the receivers, you know, set up the blocks. And on the touchdown pass that Aaron Rodgers threw, they kind of faked that. He pumped fake to the flat and like Randall Cobb fake blocked and then went to the inside and the safety had just completely gone to the guy in the flat and Randall Cobb got the wide open touchdown. It was a great, great play call. Um, so I, I thought just, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't really have to do too much. He didn't, you know, they were talking about how, how few times he threw downfield um, and the Packers got the win. A little bit lucky with the pick at the end, but. Still, a, still an impressive performance without Devontae Adams. And... Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Cardinals should have had a loss to the Vikings, but they yeah. you know, managed to win that sucker. And, uh, but they, they couldn't escape the NFC North again because they, they fall to the, the Packers there. Uh, but it's interesting that you bring up Nuke Hopkins, Hopkins being important to the team because I wanted to make sure Cardinals management isn't tempted to trade him for, say, you know, Leonard Fournette in a second round pick seems like it's good. Seems <laughs> like you're getting too much value. That's a fourth oh, overall true. pick or whatever in Leonard Fournette and a second rounder. But yeah. I'm going to say your team is going to be trash. If you start doing that. <laughs> just a, just a hunch. Well. Just a hunch. Uh, hey, people, uh, Bruce Arians had said how the, the pack, if somebody wanted to trade for Ronald Jones, the package would have to be extraordinary. So, I mean, maybe DeAndre Hopkins like a first-round pick for Ronald Jones. I yeah, know. RJ, yeah. I mean, that, that, that seems legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's really standing by that extraordinary uh, <laughs> requirement. Something that was not extraordinary but was meaningful to the league was the Steelers-Browns battle. And Ben Roethlisberger somehow still continues his dominance over the Browns. Whether or not he can score more than 15 points remains to be seen. But in this game, turned out to be all that they needed. Yeah, weird game. Not not a not a particularly fun game to watch. Uh, I I don't know if Baker was really affected by the, the shoulder injury. It was you know non throwing shoulder, obviously. So I don't know how that how much that affected him. But it was just not a great performance. Something tells me it affects him a lot. I feel like throwing the ball, yes, you use one shoulder way more than the other, but it's not like the other shoulder is absent from any of the movements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's going against tough defense, too. Uh, it, it was just not a great I, – I, I think Nick Chubb was definitely not all the way back either. He 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 didn't look quite himself. You know, I think Dearness Johnson probably looked better than, than Chubb in this game. So 
So uh, I, the, the Browns offense just uh, couldn't really do much in this game at all. The Steelers Steelers offense wasn't wasn't much better, but they managed to keep the win. Yeah, and now, like I talked about Sean Payton earlier and, and the coaching job that he is doing to make his team good. Mike freaking Tomlin. I don't understand what garbage he does with the Steelers team <laughs> to always make them competitive regardless if it should be possible. This dude has weathered more random drama from players about just nonsensical things and just quite honestly a quarterback that does not have an arm anymore and cannot move without like a puppeteer moving his legs and and yet can still manufacture some wins. That is an extremely good job by the Steelers. They, of course, do have some good players, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. But, man, I don't know how they they, they make that, that happen. The Steelers do a, a good job with their coaching staff and yeah. historically. Yeah, they, they don't lose uh, – well, I mean, it's funny because this hopes historically hasn't been the Steelers – what the Steelers have done. But over the past few years, they just they just win the games that they're supposed to. Uh, they – they they don't drop a lot of games to you know mediocre to bad teams and that, right like this is I mean this isn't like a I wouldn't say the Browns are necessarily falling into that category but they're a little little bit hurting you know they're the Browns and the Steelers just took care of business. Something tells me that I would like to play for Mike Tomlin. Like you get me excited for for Sunday, and then yeah. I get mowed over by Derrick Henry and I say, well, how did you convince me to try? <laughs> Well, see, that's that's exactly what happened to the Lions. Like, <laughs> Dan Campbell motivated them, they convinced them to try, and then like seven games in, they're like, "Oh wait, whoa! Why did you tell me I could do this? <laughs> I should be buying a ticket to this game, not playing in this game." <laughs> back to, I don't know. And hardworking Lions are going to bounce back. Like I said, still time to have a positive record, Alex. You can't believe you're giving up on these Lions. <laughs> you're right. I still think they can beat the Eagles. I think there's time left. Yeah, we got this. We're coming back. Uh, <laughs> we already talked about the Saints-Bucks a little bit. Definitely the most surprising part was Tom Brady not able to do that final drive. I'm not too worried about the Bucks because of that loss. Makes me think more of the Saints. Uh, we'll see the, the Bucks bounce back for sure. But this, this whole Manning ESPN curse, do you believe in it? You go on the broadcast, you lose the next week. Uh, I hadn't heard of that. Uh, I mean, it happened I to, I think, Travis Kelsey. It happened to Tom Brady now. It happened to who else had gone on. There was like three other people. Did, did Russ lose the week? I think Russ lost. Russell the lost the yeah. week after being on there. That was one of them. What? what uh, did, Matthew Stafford lost the week after going on. The I Detroit think. Lions have lost every single week that the broadcast <laughs> has happened. <laughs> Are they part of the broadcast? <laughs> it just throws them off their groove. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so do you believe in this? If your team has gone on, who went on? The Josh Allen well, just went on. Are the Bills doomed to lose next week? Well, considering I had not heard of this curse before right now, of course I believe. I mean, <laughs> you have laid out clear-cut evidence that this curse exists. So I, I, I can't refute it. It's, yeah, I think that's true. And I haven't seen Peyton or Eli win a game all season, so exactly. Well, Eli did win a game when he roasted Tom Brady, so no, that's true. <laughs> so he definitely, he definitely won though. I enjoyed those games. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, gosh. All right. So you have it in there. Alex has confirmed the curse is real. Make sure to not put your team on the Manning broadcast. Although I've been enjoying the Manning broadcast. I watched a good amount of it uh, yesterday. I, I do. I, I, I really – I'm enjoying it too. I think it's been uh, gotten way better. Um, I don't know that they're – I mean, it, it's sort of like a weird experience because, like, it kind of takes you out of the game a little bit. Like, yeah. So, like, I, I like to switch back to the regular broadcast, like, towards the end and, you know, when the game's getting intense. I think whatever. I think it would be tougher, like, if it was the Lions playing because I couldn't handle the jokes about how we're messing up. But also, uh, like, if it was a team that I was more into, like, really, really yeah. wanted to watch the game game, it's tough to have on. But yesterday, it was just a good kind of environment. I, I kind of had it on, and I liked the jokes. I liked kind of see how the game was going, but I wasn't as, as glued in. Right. And they do they do a pretty good job with that, and, and it always was a cool idea. And and I think they're getting better as the season goes on. So I have no idea if they have plans to continue it beyond this year, uh, but I think the concept of it is is pretty fun, uh, especially since they do get some pretty fun people onto the broadcast, and the, and they're willing to have a little fun with it. Like the jokes that everybody yeah. wants to hear them make, they're willing to, to go for it, opposed to just saying, you know, all the niceties and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I do love that part of it. I, I think bringing the guests on is a great, a great part of it. Although, you know, it kind of depends on what guests they have, but, you know, if, that, if I want to continue watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's a good part of it. You can switch back and forth. I, I like still, sometimes it still gets me, even when they're like forcing the jokes, when Marshawn Lynch is on there, you know, they're like, what do you think, Marshawn? Yeah. Should they hand the ball off on the one or throw it? Like, you know, they're forcing it. They're just so excited to be able to make that joke. But yeah. it still gets me to laugh because you force Marshawn Lynch to say, just give me the ball, man. <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it definitely gives you, I think, the best feel that you could that you're sitting there watching the game with them other than, like, actually doing it. So credit right. credit to them for having some fun with it uh, and bringing some different style entertainment to football rather than the other experiments I see them try to do is with camera angles. And some of them really aren't too bad, but other times they put camera angles where it's like, sweet, I just didn't get to see the entirety of the play. That was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could just not try that one again. It's even worse in basketball. But anyways, we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about something else that's in trouble that's not just camera angles, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're washed up. They don't have it anymore. They should trade Mahomes for Deshaun Watson. Change my mind, Alex. Uh, I can't. That's, uh, again, just your arguments are too good. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm a little worried about the Chiefs if I was a Chiefs fan. Uh, since I'm not, I'm not worried because I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I, they're – they they just have been pretty bad the past few weeks. Uh, I mean, I guess they, they beat the Giants, who are you know a, a team, uh, <laughs> not a football team, not the football team, but they're a team. Not, definitely not the football team. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact that their their offense has kind of gone to sleep. Like their offense was amazing the first few weeks. That we're talking about how how efficient they had been and that they might have been might be the best like their defense has been been terrible all season but now that their offense is you know they scored 20 points against the Giants that they've scored three the week before so <laughs> this is this is not what you want out of a Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid I, I think they need to take a, a page out of the Rams book and just trade all of their draft picks for offensive linemen yeah that that is true 
just it is unreal how bad it is. You cannot do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and Mahomes can't even feel remotely comfortable. Uh, yeah. For a second, but uh, that's yeah. It, it is tough. It, it is weird. The Chiefs are not as dominant, and in the, in the mistakes that have been made. It's not like, oh, that's one week, we'll clean it up and practice, we're good. It's kind of like, this really is your talent pool. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you fix that? This is crucial. Like, I, yeah. just don't, I just don't see it. And, and Mahomes definitely isn't blameless. He has not played all that well. Like, a lot of the turnovers are very much on him. His, his fumbles are very Michael Vick-esque. I can take care of the ball when I need to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should probably take care of the ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and he's just trying to force things. I get. I think he got a little too used to being able to make so many big plays. Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit hubris. I don't know. He's going to figure it out in some way, shape, or form. But uh, there's times where it just seems like things are available and you can more methodically go down the field, and they just seem unwilling to do that. Uh, yeah, I think they were willing to do it earlier in the season, but now that they're losing, when they're down, they feel more pressure to, to force the big play, and it's just – it's the teams are taking it away. Yeah, it, it's just kind of – they can't quite do the down 24-0 to zero winning by halftime type, uh, type team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is still one of the most incredible things to ever happen. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but now, yeah. now they're done. Need to turn it over to Chad Henney. Uh, they should trade. You know what? Chad Henney steps in. We see the backups are how you win games. Send your quarterback to a team up north. Just forget about it. Put him in blue <laughs> and silver, and just don't worry about it. We'll call him Cat Mahomes as he leaves <laughs> the big cats. It'll be great. That's genius. Exactly. All right, done. Signed, sealed, delivered, and we'll take Andy Reid as well. Don't <laughs> uh, we'll be biting as many kneecaps then, though. So that's all right. We'll bite into cheeseburgers, baby. <laughs> that's what we want to do anyway. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's awesome. Well, I think that's the the main topics that we want to cover on this particular pod for the week. But before we got to end in some overreactions, so I feel like I have a good one. Uh, do you want me to start off, Alex, or do you have yours? I mean, I I have mine, but you're welcome to start. All right, you. I'll start off. And I am going to overreact to the Bengals-Jets game by saying that the unpaid intern for the first time in his life is actually correct, that the officiating crews are against him to make him throw his hats, to make him have a heart attack in his mid-20s, because I have no idea what a catch is anymore. I guess you can borderline say he didn't lose full control of it, but it definitely looked like he recaught that touchdown as he fell out of bounds. But more importantly... What is a defender supposed to do when they keep their head up, going in for a tackle with their shoulder, and then the offensive player shoves their head into your head? Like, how are you supposed to lose a game on that? I have no idea, except it's Reeves' fault. So, uh, Reed, congratulations. You're correct. And it's not going to get any better, buddy. (laughs) All right. I like that overreaction. Um I don't know that I I fully agree with those calls. I mean the, the I I thought I thought it was a catch that time. Uh, the the catch part I'm I'm flexible on. It looked it did not look like a catch to me live, and then on the video evidence you can kind of make your argument. But the helmet with the helmet was pretty egregious. I felt like he had his head yeah, up, <laughs> and he went shoulder first, and the offensive player changed his whole height and direction to shove his head into the defender's head. Like there's there's just yeah, no. 
There's no possible way to do anything. And the fact that they threw that flag so quickly and then just called it, there's not reviewable. Put it on the big screen. I've had my team lose a playoff game because they called a pass interference and then said, you know what? We actually don't agree with it anymore. We're just going to not have it. But they won't they will make that change uh, for the Bengals. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. All right, I, I got my overreaction. So um, we didn't talk about the, the Titans-Colts game. Um, but that was that was quite the the doozy of a game. I I picked the Colts in this game. I really thought they had it when they went up 14, 14 nothing. Um, there were some some weird plays like when the you know the Colts got the interception and then the guy just like blew out his knee and <laughs> dropped the ball and then the Titans score like two plays later or something. Um, so it was a weird game, but. Carson Wentz at the end on his own goal line throwing that pick six was the worst play I have ever seen in my life. You can you can have your butt fumbles, I don't care. This was the worst play <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I legitimately would have benched him for Brett Hundley at that point. <laughs> I, I don't care that they went down and scored the next the next drive and sent it overtime and then Carson Wentz threw the interception to lose it in overtime. But I I I would have been like you're done, Carson Wentz. I I thought Carson Wentz was gonna bounce back. I kind of like Carson Wentz, I guess. Uh, and I, but I'm done. That that I don't know why that play got me so angry when I watched it. But I I don't I've never been so angry about a game I don't care at all about. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you? It just frustrates me when quarterbacks like hold the ball when it's a screen pass. On your in your own end zone, like you have to throw the ball away. Hor- horrendous play call, like just horrendous play call to begin with. But number two, I actually like the effort of Carson Wentz to not to try to not take the safety. Yeah, no, see, I, I agree with that. He had to throw. I mean, the, but my God, to be with your wrong hand and basically just throw it up in the air ten feet. <laughs> But but he pulled it back off the first throw. He should have just thrown it into the dirt. The guy was there was a guy there and that's the first time the screen wasn't there, just throw it into the dirt. You're fine. Hey, he's a Super Bowl champion for a reason, Alex. <laughs> because of Nick Foles. Because he did not play in the games. <laughs> but yes, no, that was one of the most incredible, incredible plays. Uh I have got to say, I think maybe less significantly in a game you have me on that was like a game losing that somehow didn't wasn't the game losing move watching your own quarterback just decidedly running out the back of the end zone yeah that's yeah is 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 pretty tough to watch <laughs> and not stopping <laughs> just continuing <laughs> so uh, i i mean the funny thing is like there's so many times where it's like a fourth down, the game's over, or a two-point conversion where the quarterback won't throw the ball because they're, like, too protective of it, which drives me more insane. Like, I've seen Jared Goff throw the ball away or take a sack on a fourth down where it's like the, the game didn't matter. You might as well just hope that there's a tip happens and a miracle happens. Like, why wouldn't you throw it? So, like, I, I lean on that end watching too many games. That say, like, Russell Wilson is great at knowing when he can just throw it or not throw it. Like I still remember, I think it was a playoff game where it was a two point conversion where he's just sprinting backwards to like the 30 yard line and just threw it without looking at the end zone. They ended up catching it 
for two points. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that Which is just, like, so stupid. But I feel like 90% of quarterbacks wouldn't have thrown it to the end zone because they'd have been worried, you know, about a pick or something. And he's yeah. just like, this play doesn't matter. Let's just hope for the best. And it paid off for him. But, yeah, Carson yeah. Wentz, uh, that was pretty freaking ugly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I agree with you, but that's the part of that play that I hated the most was him. He did hold the ball, and that's what caused that. Like, there are guys, like, at his feet, and he's, like, holding the ball, looking the other way, and then that's what caused that. But I, I don't know. Yeah, who, was, who was it the other week that got tackled, like, two yards into the end zone, but they called it down on the one? It was, like, a game-losing safety in overtime? Uh, I Oh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. But you remember that play. It might not have been overtime. I'm I'm misremembering a little bit, but it was this year where someone definitely got sacked in the end zone, but they called him down on like the half yard line, which was the most ridiculous thing. Like what <laughs> angle did you see this happen? You just didn't want the game to end on the safety, so you gave him on the half yard line. And that's what I just would have been like if I was Carson Wentz, go down there and be like, Come on, I saw you do that from this other guy. Can I be down the one? <laughs> oh gosh. So many ridiculous things. Football's fun, even when your team has not won a game, and my son has not seen a Lions victory yet. He's starting to wonder, should I win for this team my whole life? I'm starting to wonder, am I, you know, is it a child endangerment to make it root for the Lions? I don't know. If it is, let us know at profootballjokes.com. It has been fun to be back on the podcast here. It's been another Pro Football Jokes podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying the pickums. Hopefully you're not betting Pep's picks but still enjoying reading them. <laughs> Uh, and of course, check out our wonderful TikTok that Screwballs has been just doing some amazing stuff with pro football jokes on, on TikTok there. Give us a follow, a few likes, and I'm sure there's new content up there as it's going up multiple times a week, but lots of fun stuff. And, uh, Alex, can we make it uncomfortable? Pro football jokes. Make it uncomfortable.